0: Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Chronically Healing Podcast. Today's episode is with Senna Lynn, who is a friend of mine that I met over on Instagram. She is a self-betterment coach for women living with chronic illness, and she's super transparent and super fun to follow over on Instagram. She gives away so much information and is so great to connect with over there, so I'm so glad that I met her. Um, during this episode, we talked about her chronic illness story, how important her faith has been in her healing and turning her mess into her message. I can't wait for you all to listen in and make sure that you go over and check her out on Instagram as well. After you listen to this episode, As always, if you haven't already, please subscribe to the podcast um, on your favorite network and make sure to leave us a review. That is how we will continue to grow this Chronically Healing podcast and this community that is doing such wonderful things. And I appreciate each and every one of you who listens in to these episodes. And then I have one more announcement. Just quick before we jump into Senna's episode, and that is that I actually opened the waitlist for my membership site that I'm doing in tandem with my friend Sam, and it's called Empower Her Collective. So this membership will include an empowering and supportive community for women looking to take back their lives and go after their dreams. You'll get coaching from two powerhouse coaches, Sam and I, plus community courses, monthly live calls, daily support, downloadables, live guest chats, and so much more. We've opened this up for founding members at the lowest price it'll ever be $17 a month. And that's just for the first 20 women that sign up. So, this is thousands of dollars worth of support, courses, and coaching for less than four Starbucks Frappuccinos, okay? If you're even slightly interested, sign up for the waitlist. I'll have the link in the show notes or head on over to Chronically Healing on Instagram. That's chronically.healing. On Instagram, and you can find the waitlist in my bio. The waitlist is completely free, and it basically just lets us know that you're interested. And then in the next couple of weeks, we will set you up within the membership site, and you can kind of get going from there. So if you're interested in that, make sure that you head on over and sign up. But without further ado, let's jump into today's episode with Senna. Hi everyone, and welcome back to the Chronically Healing Podcast. Today on the show, I have Sena Welcome to the show. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here. Thank you. I'm so excited to have you. We actually, quote unquote, met on Instagram, and we've been chatting for, I don't know, like a few months now. Um, yeah. So I'm super excited to talk to you today. And so why don't you tell us a little bit about you, who you are, and kind of introduce yourself to the listeners?
1: Okay, sure. Um, so I am Sana Lin, and I am... I also have chronic illness. Uh, I help women with chronic illness love and accept their lives without the guilt and shame of their limitations. Mm. And the reason I got into that was because for me, I I've been struggling basically my whole life. I've struggled with chronic illness, mm. but I didn't really through childhood, we didn't really know what it was. It was just like oh, growing pains or this or that. And so I didn't start actually the journey until I was like 16. Mm -hmm. And then from there on for 10 years, I struggled to get a diagnosis and I had a really, really hard time grasping life with a chronic illness, like, and having an illness that's going to be with me forever. I really believed that I just needed to find what was wrong and then I could fix myself. Mm -hmm. And so once I got diagnosed with Crohn's, fibromyalgia, and gastroparesis. And they basically told me, you have an incurable disease. The gravity of having an illness that'll be with me for the rest of my life was really, really heavy. And it was really hard for me to handle. And so I kind of spiraled downward. And once I got to literally rock bottom, I was like, okay, I can't do this anymore. It's either I'm not going to live, or I'm going to change my life. Mm -hmm. And so I decided to change literally every single aspect of my life. And it's taken me a few years to get steady and to like find my footing. Mm -hmm. But after I found my, like the right routine and lifestyle for me, I realized like everything that I went through was such a blessing Mm -hmm. because who I am now and who I was five years ago, even are completely different people. And I know how difficult that that journey was to get here. And so I want to help other women who are still struggling to find the positives in their life or in their illness, to get past that hurdle and to really be able to change their lives and and appreciate and accept and love their bodies and for who they are. And so that's pretty much like my story in a
0: nutshell. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. What, Thank you. So what are some of the like daily symptoms that you dealt with or still deal with just for people that maybe aren't familiar with the, the chronic illnesses that you're dealing with?
1: Yeah. So, um, I, now my symptoms are a lot Less than what they used to be, but um, I deal with stomach pain like all the time. Um, obviously, I have like extreme dietary limitations. Um, I fatigue is like the daily struggle. Fatigue, brain fog, aches and pains. Like with fibromyalgia, it's it basically feels like your whole body got run over by a bus and you are still achy and bruised from that and they have some pictures on pinterest where they're like what fibromyalgia looks like and the whole body is like black and blue and -hmm. there's like it's yeah it sucks but so i have just a lot of body pain i'm really achy i'm really um fatigued and stuff and that's something that i've always had and it's funny because growing up i got called lazy a lot Mm -hmm. and i I started believing it, and I started like that. Became my self talk was, "Oh, you're lazy," you know, and so I it became something I hated about myself, and I couldn't figure out why I was lazy because I had a lot of how do I access internal energy. Like my mind was very focused, and and I could do a lot mentally, but my physical self was very fatigued, mm-hmm. and so um, I basically had to like overcome that. But now I realize that it it wasn't laziness. It was just low energy. So,
0: um,
1: but yeah, so those are basically like my symptoms. I was vomiting a lot. Um, I I go back and forth between constipation and diarrhea. Now that I have my diet under control, my bowel movements have been a lot more stable. Mm -hmm. But in the thick of it, I mean, I was at my worst point, I was in bed for a few years. I couldn't get out of bed. My only physical activity was making it to the bathroom and back. Like that was a feat for me. Um, I was vomiting all the time. Mm Um, I lost, I had, so leading into the worst flare of my life, I had gained um, like 80 pounds. Wow. And then after After I started, because what happened was basically like my body was retaining water and I was becoming more and more acidic. Mm -hmm. And so once I hit like a critical point, my body was trying to expel all of this extra acid and like the water, everything that was just still there. And so um, within three months, I lost over a hundred pounds. So it was like within six months, I gained 80. And then with three months, I lost over a hundred. So I was yo-yoing really, really bad. And, um, that's basically when I went into, when I got my diagnosis was all of that. I was hospitalized for a month. They, the doctors did all of their tests and then they, they kind of found, so gastroparesis means the stomach doesn't contract. And Mm so your, your digestive system basically doesn't work when you're eating, nothing is being moved through the system to pull out nutrients. So the food starts to go bad in your stomach. And then that's what causes like the vomiting and all of that. So for me, gastroparesis is a secondary disease. Mm. They found that first, you know, I had been struggling for 10 years to get a diagnosis. And finally, my diagnosis was gastroparesis, which then my doctor's like, oh, that's a secondary disease. I wonder where your primary, what your primary disease is. And then finally they found Crohn's and that made me so upset because I was like, if you would have caught the Crohn's from day one, I wouldn't have developed a second disease. Mm-hmm. And so I put all of my anger and blame on the doctors and I was like, it's mm-hmm. your fault. It's your fault. I'm sick. And now when I look back on it, like I definitely went through the five stages of grief mourning the loss of my old life and what I thought my life was going to be. And, and all of my expectations. And um, for me, like the blame was a big thing. Like I blamed everyone else. I didn't take any responsibility for my own actions, which girl, I was eating all the wrong foods, like fast food every day, pop all the time, water, who, what's that? You know, like I was not healthy. Mm -hmm. So I, I don't want to say I deserved it, but I was at this point in my life where I knew I was going to be in pain eating anyway, mm-hmm. so why not just eat the foods that I love and deal with the pain later? Mm-hmm. And that was a really wrong course of action, but here we are. <laughs> yeah.
0: I think that that's so interesting that you say that because I, I 100% agree with the, like, I don't think that I deserved my illness. And I, there was a point in my healing that I did, and I blamed myself for a lot of things. But then I turned that into a space of like, if I wouldn't have gotten this illness, I wouldn't be living in a healthy way like I am now. I wouldn't be Uh, with my husband, I wouldn't have this podcast, I wouldn't be coaching, I wouldn't be doing these cool things that I get to do, meeting these cool people that I get to meet, if I hadn't been diagnosed with this chronic illness that I still deal with constantly. But for me, like that mindset shift was huge. How did that, how did that happen for you?
1: Absolutely. I completely agree with you. It's uh, how we perceive the world is everything, you Mm -hmm. know, and i read like this book called atomic habits and he uses an example of here in america we live in a democratic democratic country and so um if we vote for like we can go out and vote for a president we know that us going to the polls and voting no matter what people say we know (laughs) that it makes you know it we can make a difference yes whereas if you go to like china or a communist country they don't believe in that at all. Mm-hmm. They don't believe that their voice matters. They don't even have the option to vote for who they want to lead them. So the psyche of the person, especially as a young child growing up in that society, for us, we learn our voice matters in some way. Whereas for them, they learned their voices matter at all. Mm-hmm. And if you take them and switch the situation, like if you take the communists and put them in a democratic society and the democratic and the communistic society, they will, they won't like, they'll have very different mindsets, mm-hmm. but it's the exact same situation, you mm-hmm. know? And so I definitely like agree with you there. For me, my, my turning point was when I had bet, I had lost like all of my friends and I was very isolated. And mm-hmm. like I had mentioned earlier, I was sick in bed and I couldn't do anything. And it was basically either, like I said, I, I die or I live. And for me, the turning point was when I, for the first time in a really long time, I turned to God Mm and instead of like beating myself up or anything like that, I started talking to God and I, I asked him for help and I explained to him my pain and my feelings and my situation. And even though like, I know he already knows me explaining it to him in reality, what it did was It was me putting my feelings into conscious thoughts and words and having to express myself so that I could hear it. Mm -hmm. And so when I started to hear how I was speaking, I started like digging deeper into who I was, you know, into why I was thinking that way. So for me, it started with, okay, you're, I'm so lonely, you know, and I, I felt really alone and isolated. And so the first thing that came back was like, Okay, yeah, you why do you feel this way? And it was like, well, all my friends left me. I don't have friends anymore. It's like, okay, yeah, no, you don't have friends, but you have four family members downstairs mm. who would would talk to you if you called out for them. So I was like, okay, I'm not really alone.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: then the next train of thought was you're worthless. And I was like, well, why do you feel worthless? And for me, it was like two parts. One, I felt worthless because I wasn't contributing to society. And I felt like I wasn't giving anything, you know, to be productive in any sort of way. And then also I felt worthless because no one liked me. Mm. And what that made me realize was I didn't like me. And I was putting all of my self value based on what other people thought of me and that's what made losing my friends so difficult for me because I felt like, you know, I was no longer worthy. And so I had to do a lot of inner work and I really had to question each and every single thought that came into my mind and ask myself, why do you feel this way? Mm -hmm. What's triggering you to feel this way and what is the actual reality of the situation? So after I realized I didn't like myself, I started asking myself why. So for me, it was, you're lazy, Mm -hmm. right? And then it was like, well, no, you're not lazy. You are low energy. Your whole life you've been dealing with this issue. Because for me, I showed symptoms of IBD since birth. Um, Mm -hmm. After I was born, I wasn't able to keep down any of my food. I was constantly vomiting, all of it. And so my mom was taking me to the doctors. But in 1991, they didn't have any advances like they do now. So they were like, no, she's fine. Just, you know, switch formulas or something.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So um, for me, I've always had some sort of issue. So looking back at that, I'm able to say, you know, I'm, I'm not lazy. I was low energy. And then I went through all the reasons like why I didn't like myself. And once I started changing how I thought about myself, I started changing how I treated myself.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: that went from just my speech like how I spoke about me, how I spoke to others. And then I started learning about my body and I started learning like, okay, like what is actually going on? I've already Googled all everything to know about my illnesses symptom wise Mm -hmm. causes and like what to do from here basically. But it is like, they're basically like WebMD searches, right? WebMD doesn't actually give you anything that you can take away and use in your, your day-to-day life. So when I researched heavily into the physiological aspects of my illness and how it affects the body at a really deeper level, I realized that for me, everything came back to inflammation. Mm. And the inflammation was most likely being caused from the like having very high acidity levels. And so I was like, okay, if I want to feel better, maybe I need to start targeting inflammation. And so I started learning about an anti-inflammatory diet and herbs that help with inflammation. And at this point I had already been failed by the medical system. And so I was done taking their, their pills and their chemicals. And I didn't want any of their medication. I was like, if I'm going to try something right at that point, I couldn't get much worse, you know? So I was like, let me try it. I have literally nothing to lose. And I had everything to gain. Hmm. After I started doing that, after I started making just little changes each day, I now, like three years later, I am not on any medication. I'm healing. I'm definitely like in a healing process. I use herbs to heal my symptoms. I've tamed my inflammation a lot. I've been able to reverse a lot of the really horrible symptoms that I was having. And like I said, I still have like fatigue and body pains and stuff like that, that, but I know that it took me my whole life to get to where I was at my worst. So it's probably going to take me a really long time to get back to my best, you know, but I'm definitely feeling the best that I have now than I've ever been, you know? So yeah, for me, it was, it was all working on myself which then led to working on my diet, which then led to working on my lifestyle, which then led to just maintaining a healthy journey, like a healthy lifestyle.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think that like from someone that's just starting their journey, it can seem so overwhelming. So I love that you broke it out like that because it's not like, okay, today I'm going to heal. I'm going to get rid of all of my toxic products. I'm going to only (laughs) eat organic. I'm going to only do this and this and this and this. Like you can try that, but tomorrow you're going to be done. (laughs) So yeah, absolutely. Remembering that this is like a journey your body is going to change there's going to be things that work for you and then they don't or things that don't work for you now but might in a couple of years and I think just like being able to try things and pay attention to your body and remembering that like doctors are great. And they're so helpful in some aspects. And, um, you can work with natural doctors, you can work with Western medicine, whatever like works for you. But when it comes down to it, you have to trust what you believe is right for your body and you have to try and be an advocate for yourself. And I think for me, one of the biggest, like things that I remember, I mean, I have a couple of bad doctor stories, but I remember specifically going to a GI doctor. and him telling me that I didn't have any allergies to anything. And I was like, okay, but like, so interesting. I cut out dairy or I cut out gluten for six months now. And like my bloating has cut in half. And he's like, yeah, it's not gluten. You can eat gluten. And I was like, but it's the only thing that I've cut out. And and he's like, nah, it's not gluten. You can eat gluten. You could probably just like cut out dairy or something. And I was like, I'm telling you though, that the only thing that has changed is this. So it's just remembering in those situations, I think like, you know, five years prior to that, I would have been like, oh, okay, I can eat gluten. I'll just go back to eating gluten all the time. Versus in that moment, I was like, no, <laughs> like even if I'm not allergic or I I don't have celiac, like that's great. But obviously, my body doesn't react to it correctly. So, like being able to kind of stand up for yourself in that and that doesn't mean like I didn't sit there and talk back to the doctor. He wasn't going to believe me. I just decided right. like I'm going to do what's right for me. So, I think being able to advocate for yourself in that sense is important too.
1: Yeah, I definitely agree with you there because. Throughout my whole healing process, I've really learned to be super intuitive with my body Mm -hmm. and I don't do what it doesn't want to do. Like that's what I've learned for the 10 years that I was struggling to get diagnosis. My whole like the whole motto of my life was pushing my body past its limits. Like that's Mm -hmm. all I was doing. And now I've come to the point where I've learned, like, that's not helping anyone. It doesn't help me. It doesn't help the people that I'm trying to help. It, like, it literally will do nothing for anyone. So I have definitely learned that I need to listen very carefully to my body. I need to listen very carefully to how I'm feeling and how I'm reacting. And when I first started changing my lifestyle, I started journaling every single thing that I ate. And how Mm -hmm. I was feeling and what it made me feel and, you know, all this stuff. And I learned so much about myself and I ended up going into like a, um, it's an elimination diet. So for four months, I only ate five fruits and vegetables. Like that was it. And then after the four months, I started reintroducing other food groups. And I learned that before I did that, any gluten would kill me.
0: Mm -hmm. Any
1: single piece of gluten I ate, I would be in a massive flare. After I did the elimination diet, I learned that if I ate seeded bread, bread that had a lot of grains and seeds and a lot of fiber, it didn't bother me. But if I ate bleached white bread, it bothered me a lot. Mm. So I started learning, like, okay, I can have this, I can't have that, I can have this, I can't have that. And now I feel like, you know, just listening to your body. Is so important because it will tell you what it means. Like, if you're craving fish, for example, and you hate fish, girl, you need some. Like, you need iron. You need folic mm-hmm. acid. Like, you need minerals and vitamins that your body is trying to tell you to get. Yep. So, I listen to my cravings all the time. Like, I listen to how I'm feeling and if I want to do something that day or not. And I think that that's so important to heal.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah yeah I love that so what how do you stay inspired and hopeful on your worst days i I kind of know because I already follow you on Instagram but <laughs> so if anybody's interesting make, or interested, make sure to follow you but how do you how do you do that for yourself so for
1: me like i said i I turned to God like that was my way of coping was knowing that there is a bigger greater grander plan out there and I am a piece to play within this big plan makes me feel a lot more accepting of my situation like for example within Islam we believe that for every single second you are in pain whether it be like emotional or physical or whatever you are being forgiven for your past sins Mm. so it's not like you're in pain because you did something wrong no it's (laughs) You are hurting, so let me like this is how I'm gonna help you. like I'm gonna erase your sins for you, so for me, knowing that every second of my life I'm having like sins erased, like that sounds really cool. You know what I mean? like yeah, that's something that's nice, but also, I have been able to turn my mess into my message, mm-hmm. and I have now learned to if I can help other women who are going through what I went through to Get to the other side and to see the positive of their life and to begin a healing journey. Then, even if it was one person that I could help, every single thing that I went through, all my struggles and hardships, was it meant something. It was important. There was a reason I went through my pain so that I could help someone else through theirs. And for that, for me, like, I mean, I'm not always rainbows and butterflies. Like, I definitely have like my bad days and days where I'm just like grumpy and I don't really want to talk to anyone. But for me at the end of the day, like I don't beat myself up for being ill or for having these hardships because I know I'm going through it to help other people get through it. So what can I learn from this experience? Mm -hmm. And that has been my saving grace, honestly. Mm
0: -hmm. That's so, I love that, that I feel like I feel like there's a lot of people in the chronic illness space that are starting to make that turn, which like for some people might be scary if you're like coming at it like, oh my gosh, there's going to be so many people in the chronic illness space talking about that. But I think that's good. For me, like my overall, like my overall mission in the world is to actually start to stop chronic illness. So right now, like- I love working with women with chronic illness, but I want to get to the point where like, because I truly believe that my lifestyle for my specific illness with Hashimoto's is what caused it. And like a lot, I mean, there's things that happen. I don't blame myself. I'm not mad at myself about it, but if I would have taken care of myself and paid attention to myself and learned to speak up for myself, I truly believe everybody with thyroid issues comes from not speaking up for yourself and standing up for yourself and advocating. So like me, I got to the point where I was like, I need to, I need to figure out how to do that and help people. And it's like, I want to help people in general start to take care of themselves and understand that, like what you're talking about, listening to your body, understanding what your quote unquote limitations are, but not thinking of them as like, wow, I can't do this. Um, I like came up with this quote thing with a, with a friend of mine recently. And he said like turning the limited to the limitless and like, that's so, yeah, I love that. And he's like, you can have it. I'm like, great. I'm going to use that. I love that. Yeah. But it's so true. Like, I think learning that your limitations are like, what set you free? And like what you said, I wrote it down, turned my mess into my message. And I think that that is like, just like, the perfect thing to think about is like, this happened to me and it was awful. And things, unfortunately, awful things happen to people all the time. And what you have the control over, while you can no longer control that thing that happened to you, you now have the control of what to do with it. Do I sit here and hate my life and feel awful for myself and like, never make friends, never, you know, talk about what I went through and just or do I use this to help other people? Do I use this to, and not everybody wants to help other people and that's cool too, but like, do you want to live your life just consistently feeling awful or do you want to be like, you know what, this happened to me, but now I have control over the, the lifestyle that I have. I have control over when I wake up every day, how do I want to feel? And like obviously we've talked about this too. Like we're talking about this from like the, Oh, positive. Like we're always, po-. no, we're not. Like I was just telling when <laughs> we started recording that I had a really bad day the other day with all the like stress and anxiety of the world right now, it's definitely like hitting me hard. But I think understanding that you have control over you and what you can put out into the world and taking back some of that control of that you feel that you've lost in that space, I think, is so important.
1: I agree completely, and like you said, you don't have to help other people in order to feel like your illness was worth something. Mm-hmm. You know, I I, I do want to make sure that that's not the like the idea that I put put across, but I see it as a great reason to help people. But yeah. you can take your like for me, and just like what you said, me. Having to go through that whole journey of being really, really ill taught me, like, it helped me find myself. It helped me learn to speak up for myself. It helped me learn boundaries. It helped me, you know, like, I, like, you just like you said, I wouldn't have been married to my husband. I wouldn't be where I am today if I didn't go through those struggles because I had to do the inner work. And I think a huge component that people aren't talking about in the chronic illness space is your mental health. Like, your brain. What your thoughts that you think will control how your body reacts. Yeah. If you are constantly like degrading yourself and yelling at yourself internally, your brain goes into a state of panic, thinking, okay, like we're doing all these things wrong, how do we fix it? Which then sends your immune system, like it lowers your immune system and sends your body also in a panic. And so you start getting like all these weird aches and pains, and you're not sure what they are. And when you go to the doctor, They tell you it's all in your head and you're just like, oh my God. And so I really feel like in order to truly heal the body, you have to also heal the mind. Like it's not one or the other. The body works as one whole unit and we have to work on it and view it and treat it as one whole unit. Mm -hmm. So yeah, like I I definitely agree with what you said. I, I think that going through the hard times is what sets you up for the good times Mm -hmm. like I know I would not be able to appreciate my life today if I didn't go through a period of time where I didn't want to live you know Mm -hmm. and now I can look at my life and be like wow I'm so grateful I have so many blessings I have a safe place to stay in this like self like this quarantine time Mm -hmm. when my brothers and sisters in Syria are because I'm Syrian Mm -hmm. are living like in parks and they're having chlorine bombs dropped on them. And you want to talk about chronic illness. They're watching their brother's face get blown off in front of them. So who, who am I to be like, I can't believe I have to stay home. You know, like that's how I have turned my perspective. It's like, yeah, I have a lot of things to complain about. Sure. We all do, Mm -hmm. you know, but I have so much to be grateful for Mm -hmm. and I'm going to focus on what I'm grateful for because that's going to improve my life focusing on what I can complain about is only going to put me in a worse state.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And so that's like kind of where how I've adjusted my mind because before all of this, I wasn't grateful for anything, you know, like, yeah, I would be like, Oh, I'm so grateful. So blessed, hashtag blessed, but that's the end yeah. of it. You know what I mean? <laughs> sure. Like you're not actually internalizing it. And now that I see it like that, when, when like, what I'm trying to think of the phrase, but I lost it. When calamity strikes, mm. I'm able to find the good, mm-hmm. you know, everyone's out here like really scared because of coronavirus, And I'm like, wow, thank God the world is learning to wash their hands. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, like yeah. we can find something good about it. Mm-hmm. And I, and that's just like my motto for life. Right. You can yeah. either focus on the bad or focus on the good. Either way, the situation is going to be what you think of it.
0: Yeah. And it's not, Like living in gratitude, I think one thing that I struggled with at first with like living in gratitude was like, okay, but you're not being realistic or you're like downplaying what's actually happening. And it's not that. It's not that like we don't believe that coronavirus is a is a thing or like that our pain isn't important. It's just like exactly what you said. What you focus on is what happens. So if I sit here and focus on the fact that I have brain fog, like I woke up this morning and I was like, hmm things aren't clicking as as well as they normally do. If I would sit here and focus on that, when we would have gotten on the call, I would have forgotten everything that I was going to talk to you about. And instead I was like, I'm so excited to talk to you because we have been chatting over Instagram. You know, it's just like gratitude doesn't mean that you are ignoring reality. You know, you're actually focusing on reality. You're just focusing on the good parts of it. And it doesn't mean that you can't like have a bad day. It doesn't mean that you can't have a moment where you're like, wow, I just feel really tired today. And that sucks. And that sucks for me, but at least I have this beautiful bed to sleep in like this. I feel very grateful for that or something, you know? So it's just, yeah, absolutely. it's just like being able to understand that like gratitude does not mean like ignoring reality. It just means focusing on the good. That's all. I feel like
1: you need to put those in quotes and make like a whole Instagram post about it. Just like gratitude does not mean you're downplaying your symptoms or downplaying your life, but Mm -hmm. it means focusing on really truly focusing on the reality. And I think that's a beautiful way to look at it. I know I messed up the words girl, so you got to find your words, (laughs) (laughs) but I think that's such a beautiful way to think of it. Like I, I agree with you completely. And in Islam, we believe that the more grad, like the more grateful you are, the more you receive, mm-hmm. which is basically like what you just said, you know? And, and if, for those who don't believe in religion, like what you put out into the universe is what's going to come back to you. Yeah. So if you're putting out positive vibes, you'll get positivity. If you're putting out negative vibes, you get negativity. And mm-hmm. I mean, I believe in like manifesting and all of that. And I believe in positive and negative energies. And, and so I, I definitely think that maintaining, a realistic gratitude I think maybe that's the word like how we should be phrasing it realistic gratitude is super important for mental health because Mm -hmm. it just kind of like and it actually it releases endorphins in the mind like scientifically when you think about the good things that are happening in your life you actually start to feel happy and so why wouldn't we want to do that you know when when we have especially for those of us who are chronically ill And especially moms who are chronically ill. Oh my God, mad respect for them. I I always pray about that. Um, But so like, especially women, like people who are chronically ill, we have so much negative. Like if we picked up our suitcases of good and bad, like the bad would probably be a little bit heavier, but we can make the good better. Do you know what I'm Mm -hmm. saying? Yeah. So I, I think it's just so important to just focus on focus the best you can on being positive. Like that doesn't mean if you're feeling really upset and you're having a really hard time, you should be like, Oh, I just need to think positively. Mm -hmm. No, no, no. That's, that's not right. Go through why you're feeling that way. Allow yourself to feel what you're feeling and address those feelings and then find something positive to take out of it. Like, I don't want people to downplay their emotions because they're trying to maintain a positive mindset. That's, you can only maintain positivity when you are realistic, Mm -hmm. you know, when you do see the situation for what it is, because you know, you have to see both sides to the coin.
0: Yeah. Yeah. 100%. So what are some like daily rituals or routines that you do that kind of keep you feeling healthy, both mentally and physically?
1: So for B, um, my morning routine is everything. And I know you did a solo cast on morning routine and I love it. Like anyone is looking for to start a morning routine, check out her episode. Cause it was really good. <laughs> but, um, I, I have to have my morning routine in the mornings. Like that's when I'm my most creative. That's when everything is just like at its peak for me. And so when I wake up, the first thing I do, which normally I like to take like a really hot Epsom salt bath, but lately um, I haven't been feeling like getting in the bath. So instead I'll lay on the heating pad, mm-hmm. which is like helping with like the back pain and stuff. Mm-hmm. So I wake up, I'll either get in the bath or lay on the heating pad. So I, I introduce heat. And then um, after that, I during that time where I'm just allowing my body to rest, I'm doing like like mind work you know mm-hmm. either I'm writing like content for the day or I'm like writing my feelings or I'm meditating or I'm I'm just a lot of times I'll just observe my thoughts
0: mm-hmm.
1: whereas I just let myself think and I don't pinpoint any of those thoughts I just kind of let them flow sorry excuse me and then um I ask myself like okay How are we feeling today? Like these are all the thoughts that you had. What can we do to better today? Like what can we do to have a good day today? And so I—that's what I do. Spending my time like either, like when I'm um, on the heating pad or in bed, and then I'll have a a pot of tea. Literally a pot. I drink like six glasses of tea. (laughs) I have a pot of tea with my journal, and then I love to do. I love journaling. So it's either. I'll do like a stream of consciousness, which is just me writing down whatever comes into my mind, or I'll do a gratitude journal. And for me, what my gratitude journal looks like is it's just a dear God letter. Like, Mm -hmm. dear God, thank you so much for blah, 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 blah. I'm feeling so grateful for blah, blah, blah. And for me, it feels easier. It feels more sincere making it a like, thank you God letter instead of just like, I'm grateful for, sometimes I feel like the, I don't know. For me, I felt like those uh, gratitude prompts were mm-hmm. prompty. <laughs> I wanted it to be internal. You know, I yeah. wanted it to actually come from me. So I do my journal, and then I'll go downstairs. And I just started doing this, but I am in love with it. I'll spend twenty to like forty minutes just doing yoga. Mm. And even on the days where I cannot get out of bed. I'll YouTube yoga in bed. And then I'll just do like some stretches and stuff because I have noticed moving my body and focusing on breathing in air to different aspects, like different parts of the body has really helped with my blood flow, with my concentration, with my pain levels. And it has been helping me so, so, so much. So yoga has now become like one of my favorite things. And then after yoga, I will make a protein smoothie which is made of all frozen fruits. And then I'll add a banana and um, the milk I use is a protein milk. It's mm-hmm. made, it's for, by silk, it's uh, almond and cashew milk and it has 10 grams of protein. So I'll pour in the protein milk and then I'll put it in the smoothie and I'll have that for breakfast. And then I start my day. So for me, that is such like a rejuvenating process because I'm just resting. I'm letting my, my brain like get out all its creative thoughts. Then I'm stretching my body and then I'm feeling my body. Mm -hmm. And so it's like, I feel like, okay, I'm set, ready for the day. Yeah. And then um, throughout the rest of the day, I just, I do what I feel like doing. Sometimes that means just sitting on the couch, knitting and listening to podcasts. Sometimes that's like able to work on my business. Sometimes that's getting the groceries done. So I allow myself hours of the day where I just do how I'm feeling. Mm -hmm. I learned that if I put myself on a very strict schedule, I often have, um, if I can't complete the schedule, I have really bad self thoughts and I feel bad about myself. So I try not to do that. Instead, I'm like, okay, we know what the morning routine is. Take your time doing it whenever, however long it takes, it takes. And then you have this many hours to do what you need to do. And then, you know, go from there. So that's pretty much my routine.
0: Yeah. I love that. And that's, it's such a good reminder to me (laughs) as well. (laughs) I'm actually in this week that I, I took off before coronavirus was, was a thing. And I took off this week to like focus on my business. And I noticed um, on Monday because I needed more of just like a self care day. I just was in my head. I wasn't feeling really good. And I was like making all these, this whole big list of things that I needed to get done this week. And, um, and yeah, it just like, I got so in my head about it and I was like, wait, the whole reason I took this week off is, um, like, I believe in manifestation. I believe in like living as if, and I believe as like in like, um, like we were talking about, like your thoughts create your reality. And so for me, I was like, The whole reason I did this is because I wanted to focus on this week being in control of my own schedule and being able to live a life where I can take care of myself while also doing the things that I love. So if I need a Monday where half of the day I'm just hanging out on the couch with my dog, that's exactly why I took this week off. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So It's like remembering that, that, that I'm at like um i'm a i'm an achiever i'm a perfectionist like these are all things that i have worked through and have learned about myself and it's not that those qualities don't go away it's just that when they pop up i pay attention so i do love like scheduling time for myself but for me i like to just leave like a big bulk amount of time of like this is time where i think work could happen but if it doesn't then great cool my calendar is movable I'll move it to a different time you know so it's yeah exactly to to like how am I feeling right now what needs to be done right now because if you force yourself into like working on work when your brain is like off in la la land and you really just needed to like sit on the couch and knit or like do something like that like that's that's the whole point of it, right? So
1: Yeah, exactly. And that's exactly what I was talking about about being intuitive with your body. Yeah. You know, give give yourself time where you're like, okay, I'm gonna do what my body feels like it needs to do.
0: Mm-hmm. You know,
1: there are some things that are like non-negotiables, right? Like I, I've made a list for myself of things that I have to do every single day. No matter what time that it gets done, it just has to be done. So one of those things is doing the dishes. Mm -hmm. If I only do it once a day, because normally I do the dishes twice, like in the morning and then at night, but if I only do the dishes once a day because I'm having a bad day, like I still feel accomplished because, okay, I did the dishes Mm -hmm. or yoga for me. Like no matter how terrible I'm feeling, I have to do yoga because I know it'll make me feel better. Even if it's a very slow, slow yoga, like Mm -hmm. still it's something. And so I, I definitely agree with that. Like having a block of time where you're like, I can do whatever I want to do, whatever my body feels like it needs to do. But I also believe in having like your non-negotiables. So you can, even if it's like two things, right? Make my bed, wash dishes, like that's it. But at least then at the end of the day, especially at the end of a rest day, you don't feel like, wow, I didn't do anything. Mm -hmm. Like, no, I rested and I did this. So I feel Mm -hmm. accomplished.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I love that. So if people wanted to connect with you outside of this podcast, how could they do that? So I spend most of
1: my time on Instagram and my Instagram handle is at Sena Lynn. So that's S A N A A L Y N N E. And then, um, you can also catch me on my website at senalynn.com, where I have my blog and uh, like some freebies that you can go and download. And, um, Yeah. So I'm trying to get like Facebook up and going, but I just, I can't, I don't know. It's just not for me, but I want to have like a group. I want to make like a Facebook group where, you know, women with chronic illness can join and it can be a positive space for, you know, for anyone who wants to be there. So I'm actually going to do that. And then I'm going to link it in my bio, in my Instagram, but that's where I, I hang out.
0: Cool. Um, I'll have all of your links and everything in the blog and all the places so people can click on it too, if they want to, but is there anything else you would like to tell the listeners of the podcast today?
1: Um, I would like to say that for anyone who is struggling with either like their health or positivity or their life, or if they have chronic illness and they just need a friend or someone to be there, please, please, please reach out to me. Um, That is why I'm here. That is why I'm doing all this. I want to help other people the way I was helped, you know, because my husband really helped me a lot with the health aspect of things. And I know if I didn't have him and I didn't have like a helping hand to get me through my toughest times, I'd probably still be there. Mm -hmm. So I want to be that hand for other people. So please reach out to me if you feel like you just need someone to talk to or you have questions or you want advice or anything. I'm always here and you can find me again on Instagram or you can email me at hello at Santa
0: Cool. I love it. Thank you so much for being on today. This is so much fun. <laughs> Thank you so much. I I was
1: so excited to do this. And now I'm like even more excited because I'm like, okay, now we're even better friends. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Perfect.